Good morning everyone and to everyone online as well. Good morning. God is in the house. So awesome to be here with every one of you. And you know what? I'm just going to go dive straight into the Word of God because I'm excited. God has got great plans for us today. Amen? Amen. Today we are on our fifth installment of our Supernatural series in the book of Acts. We have been tracing the move of the Holy Spirit. Why are we doing this, church? Because this year, who can tell me what is the theme for Glad Tidings? Oh, I can't hear you. What's the theme for Glad Tidings? Breathe! breathe. Online type out, breathe. And we believe that God is in the business of breathing life into every single one of us. He's breathing life and we believe for the supernatural to take place. Not just on stage, the supernatural to take place in your homes, in your offices, while you're waiting for the LRT. The supernatural can happen anytime because God will continue to be on the move. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get excited about the Word of God. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to read only four verses. So we've been sitting down long enough. Let's read with gusto the four verses from Acts. Chapter 13, verses 1 to 4. Online, read along, read out loud, not just in your heart, read out loud. And let's declare the Word of God together. One, two, let's go. Now, there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to, to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Lord, we want to commit today to you, Lord. We want to commit the reading of the word, the preaching of the word, and the hearing of the word. And Lord, we pray that as we hear your word, your message, we will be released to be your end times missional church for the, for the generations for our places of work, Lord, everywhere we go, Lord. We commit it to, the, to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The book of Acts talks a lot about the birthing of the church. We have gone through so many chapters already. In Acts chapter 2, a lot of us call it the birthing of the church. Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down. And Apostle Peter became such a bold preacher. Thousands were brought to, the, uh, brought to the Lord. And the church in Jerusalem, they grew, they flourished, they fellowshiped. And then there was a great persecution that took place. In Acts chapter 7, we see the great persecution. And after that, we see in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 opens up with this verse. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. A church that was flourishing, growing, healthy, went through a lot of persecution. 
and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. So every single believer was scattered away from where they were, where they were worshipping. And then we go into the accounts. We remember, right? Do you remember what I preached? On Simon the sorcerer. That's right. And after that, Pastor Vincent preached about Philip and his encounter with the Ethiopian. The message of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God was being spread. And of course, last week, Acts chapter 10, on Cornelius, Pastor Linda was preaching. The message was going out to the, to the Gentiles. But you know what, church? I realized this. It was going out to the Gentiles who were largely located in the general geographic area of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. It had crossed cultural barriers. It had crossed cultural barriers from the Jews. It, has, it had gone on to the Gentiles, Ethiopian. The Cornelius was a Roman, was a Roman uh, that was stationed there in Caesarea. And here we have, in fact, in Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 21, let me read this to you. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews. See, initially they thought only the Jews needed to hear the gospel. And so even when they were scattered, they went on speaking to the Jews. And it goes on in verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. Hellenists are the Greek-speaking, are those who were Gentiles. These men of Cyrene who were Gentiles themselves, who heard the word while they were in Jerusalem, they realized, no, we need to speak to more than just the Jews. And so they went and they spoke to the Hellenists about Lord Jesus. And verse 21 says, And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. This was the beginning of how the gospel went from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and it started going forth geographically beyond boundaries. And here is where the church of Antioch was birthed. And this is how we open up in the section that we have just read in Acts chapter 13. There is a shifting. Whenever you're reading in the book of Acts, I've been seeing shifts. The first shift was when in, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, there was a tremendous shift. The day of Pentecost took on a different meaning with the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The shift took place as the true message of Jesus Christ was flooded and people were cut to their heart and they repented. That was the first shift, the birthing of the church. And now this was another shift that the Spirit of God was doing. It was a shift as the church of Jerusalem was shifted and the focus for the next few chapters in the book of Acts, the focus was shifted to the church in Antioch. The church in Antioch became a center, a hub for Apostle Paul's many missionary journeys. It all started here. It all started right here. This became a pivotal moment for the gospel to move out geographically. Remember Acts chapter 1 verse 8. 
the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And, and where? And where? To the ends of the earth. This was the beginning. And because of this, what took place in the church of Antioch, that's why, church, you and I, we got to know Jesus because the gospel went out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God the glory for the missionaries, for the work of the mission field that has brought the gospel to so many fields and countries. The geographical fields happen. And now, as we look into the scriptures here, Acts chapter 13, verse 1, we see something very unique about the church in Antioch. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Praise the Lord for all the, all the gifts that the Lord has given us. Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. These are all just names to us, or are they? Why did Luke specifically note down the names of these leaders, these prophets and teachers? It is because in the beginning, the church in Antioch was only for the Jews. But as the gospel went forth, we have all the Gentiles here. And let's take a look. Can we have the map on screen? Isn't this a nice map? I must stand here a little bit so I'm not, but I'm too short so I won't block so much. So this is the map and we can see Antioch. I've circled Antioch here. Now Barnabas, he was a Levite. He was a Jew, he was a Levite, but he was originally from Cyprus. Cyprus is an island that you see in between Tarsus and Antioch, you see that island? That is Cyprus. Barnabas was from Cyprus, and he was also serving and ministering in Jerusalem. Simeon, the Niger. Now, Niger, now you must know. This is the root word which means dark-skinned. Dark-skinned, dark-complexioned. And this is how the, a derogatory term came up in, the, in America. So we're not interested in the derogatory term. We're interested in what this represents. This represents that he came from the region of Africa, probably Cyrene. So you see where Cyrene, Alexandria are? That is the beginning of the continent of Africa. So diverse, so diverse. And then we have Lucius. He was a Roman that was based in Cyrene. He was a European from Europe, based in Africa, and now he was in Antioch. Such a multi, multicultural place. What a hub at the Church of Antioch was. And Manaen, he was connected to Herod Antipas, King Herod. And they say that the word that was used when they say a lifelong friend, it actually means foster brother. Foster brother. It means that he actually grew up as a foster brother, foster sibling of King Herod, which means he comes from a position of affluence. He comes from a position of great education. And he was also found in the church of Antioch. And of course, we know Paul, a very well-learned man. At this time, he's still called Saul. Later on, his name, he was going by the name of Paul. And he came from Tarsus, and he was a very well-educated man. Now, the church of Antioch consists of more than these people, but this is a representative of the diversity 
in the church of Antioch. There was diversity of age. And you know, just now, when we saw the babies in the house, and then I believe there's also youth in the house today as well. Let's welcome the young people in the house as well. Thank you for joining us, young people, whether you're here or online. We have a family church that is diverse. We have a, a church. Look around you right now. Just take a look around you. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Right? Jesus loves the little children of the world. Yeah? All shapes, sizes, and colors. Every one of us have different gifts, different, different abilities. And you know what? God has placed you specifically with your different gifts and abilities. Why? For the advancement of the kingdom of God. Because the church of Antioch was what we know as a missional church. A missional church is a church that, is, that exists everything that a missional church does. It is always about advancing the gospel, advancing the ministry, advancing the love of God to the world that needs it. So in the diversity, they were not divided, but they were united in one accord. And therefore, there's so much for us to learn, so much for us to embrace and celebrate, celebrate our differences. When you go to connect group, and please go to connect groups, when you go to connect groups, celebrate the differences. Embrace each other. This is home. And God will speak and challenge us together. Number two, they were a directed church, spirit-directed. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. We can take down the, the map already, thank you. <clears throat> Set them apart for the work that I have called them to. A missional church is a church that worships. Now every Sunday, we are so blessed. We have the best worship team in town. Come on, give God the glory. Hallelujah. Every single team that comes up, they bring the presence of the Lord because they are praying, they are seeking God every single time. But you know what? A worshipping community is not a community that just worships on Sunday. Every morning, what is the song that you wake up to? Do mothers wake up to the same song every day? Wake up, child, wake up, child, wake up, child, wake up, child, go to work, go to work. Is that what the song you have? I want to encourage you. Start this practice. When you wake up in the morning, greet the good Lord Jesus Christ. Say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And ask the Lord, what is the song in your heart? Sing out that song. And as you go forth in that day, you will re recognize that your, your lifestyle has become a lot more worshipful. And maybe a little bit yes, yelling and nagging the children, huh? Maybe. Yeah. We ask the Holy Spirit to wake them up. Amen. They were a worshipping community. <clears throat> they were praying community. Someone once said, prayer is a part of any church that wants to turn their path towards growth. We're not just talking about numerical growth. We're talking about spiritual growth as well. If you want to see growth in your life, 
If you want to see growth in your family, you want to have a, a powerful family altar, you want to raise godly children, you want to bring God into your marketplace, it always starts with prayer. And today, I want to make a special appeal this Tuesday. After so long, we are able to come to the house of God physically to pray. And we also got a very special speaker to come. So church, there is nothing else to do on Tuesday night except be found in the house of the Lord. Amen. Everyone, everyone, I'm speaking to everyone right here in the hall and online. It's time to join together, pray together. It's called supernatural because God is going to pour down something supernatural. So don't miss out. Don't miss out. Be kiasu for the things of God. Hallelujah. We can do this. We can do this. And as they were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit was very clear. Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work. Set apart here. Aphorizo. It means there is an, there is an appointment and there is a separation for the task. Because all this while, for one year, Barnabas and, and Saul, they were the, the lead pastors of their church. They grew their church. They led, they pastored, they shepherded. And now the Spirit is saying, set them apart now. They have something else to do. There was a separation. The church had to be willing to listen and that was a set-apart. Barnabas was living a set-apart life even before this. We hear about Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, how he sold his field and gave the entire proceeds at the feet of the apostles. We hear how Barnabas was sent when they heard of the exploding work that is going on in Antioch. The church leaders in, the, in Jerusalem said, Barnabas, you go. And he went and he saw and he said, I need to get Saul from Tarsus. And he went and he got Saul. And together they came. They worked the ground and souls came in. They grew them. They built them. The missional church was a praying church, was an outreaching church, was a church on the go. And now the Spirit was saying, these two have got a different work outside. And they were willing. So then comes number three. Acts 13 verse 3. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. After hearing from the Holy Spirit, they didn't just act immediately. They prayed some more. They prayed again. So when you come on Tuesday, which I believe all of you are coming, when you come on Tuesday... You don't just say, okay, I've done my part. I've come on Tuesday. But you know what? The subsequent Wednesday, we're going to be meeting online, I mean, in person. The, and the following, and the following. Every single time, we continue to pray as the Spirit moves and as the Spirit downloads to us. Amen. We all, you want to see a shift in your life. You want to see God moving in, in a powerful way, not, by, not in centimeters, but you know, by, by meters and so on and so forth. We need to be praying. We need to be a missional church where everyone prays, everyone seeks God together, not just the pastors, not just the leaders, every single one the Lord is speaking to you. It is time and after they prayed and fast, and they sent them off, 
I was just going through the words and I realized, you know, the word in Greek is apolio. Apolio is not so much sending as releasing. It's not so much the sending, but it's a releasing. Because I believe, see, Paul, Saul and Barnabas, they were on loan <laughs> by the Lord to the church of Antioch. But the Lord had another need for them, and so the church needed to release them. It was not that the church was sending. The church was commissioned by the Holy Spirit to release. A missional church is a church that learns to release her resources when the Lord commands it. What are the resources that the Lord is asking for us to release? Your time is a resource that the Lord wants. Your gifts, you're a leader in the marketplace and the Lord has been saying, it is time to say yes to leading in the church. Connect groups need leaders. Ministries need leaders. You have gifts and talents that's been, that's been powerfully used out there in the marketplace, but is the Lord asking you, it's time to use these gifts. Release yourself to the kingdom's purposes. What else do we release? Parents, can you release your children? This is the hard one. I don't know how my mom did it. She released two. She released my brother, and then 10 years later, she has to release me as well. But she did. She went, and we also released her for a short while. She, was, she, she went to the mission field in Thailand for a couple of years. We must always be in a position and say, Lord, what is in my hands? I want, I'm ready to release. Release if the Lord is knocking on the doors of your heart, if there's finances to be given. The missions field, the needs are growing, are growing so much. We just had a meeting and we just, we're just like coming down and just figuring out, Lord, there's so much work to be done. I want to encourage you, if the Lord is speaking to you to come and partner along in missions, Speak to one of us if you don't know how. Channel some of your giving towards the missions as well, the fields in Malaysia and beyond. The harvest is ripe, church. Let's be a missional church. We, as a church, are called to be a church that releases ourselves and all that we have for God's kingdom purposes. Dispatched, number four. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Sent out here means, it's from the word ekpempo, ekpempo, to send out. Because you know what? It is only the Holy Spirit that does the sending. We do the releasing, but the Spirit sends out. In time to come, you're going to be seeing teams of missions Missions people that will be prayed for and then the Spirit of God will be sending them because doors are opening, mission trips are taking place in time to come. We're already planning for it. You're going to be seeing advertisements uh, to attend and we want to invite you. Be a part of this. 
be a part of it. You don't know where to go. Come and speak to me. I would love to journey with you. And said, let's go. Let's be a church that's on the move, on the go. And when they, when they came together, they were sent out as a church. And that's why every time when the mission team goes out, we always ask them for, to come for prayer because the church, you send them off as the Spirit sends them out. Let's have the map again. When we see the map here, do you see the orange circles emanating, getting wider and wider? That is the spread of the gospel as Apostle Paul went forth. And it didn't just stop there. It continued on. It continued on for centuries, for hundreds of years, until it comes to us today. A missional church is a church that is diverse. There are four Ds in a missional church. Diverse, directed by the Holy Spirit. Diverse yet united. Directed by the Word from the Holy Spirit. Discharged, which means released by the church and sent by the Holy Spirit. As believers, you and I are the church. We are the church. So we are the, in the business together in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Let's celebrate our diversity. Let us partner with the Lord and say, God, we want to pray together. We want to seek God. We want to hear you together. And as we hear you, we want to be part of releasing Releasing ourselves, releasing our children, releasing our time, our efforts, our gifts, our finances, releasing all that we have unto the Lord. And when we are sent by the Spirit, the multiplication effect, it will blow your mind. About 60 years ago, a missionary to Malaysia decided to plant a church. 60 years later, you and I are here. Glad Tidings is a direct result of missionary efforts. So many missionaries came and poured forth into our church. We are standing on the shoulders of missionaries. Our DNA, our Glad Tidings DNA is to be a missional church. A church that says, I will go with the message. It is not the pastors, it is not only the leaders, but every single one that is seated here and my friends joining online, you are part of Glad Tidings, part of God's missional work because this is another shift that we are in. The Lord, in the pandemic, when everything went online and now that we're back in person, we have acquired skills. We have acquired a, a chance to even reprioritize ourselves. And it is a shift that I believe the Lord is going to be using to shift us to the next season of how the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will be activated, will be used in these last days to reach the last frontier, to reach the ones who have yet to know Jesus. The time is now. We don't want another pandemic to happen and innocent people losing lives 
because we did not release, because we did not listen to go. It's time, church. Our priorities, our values have got to be centered on the Word of God. I'm grateful for Pastor Vincent. Before I really knew him, 30 years ago, when he came, one of his passions was missions, and he, for, he, he formalized our missions work here. He formalized it in a committee, and somehow the Lord, it was only the Lord, there's only the Lord that can do it. Somehow I was roped in when the first missions policy was done. I was just a, a university student. So students out there, we're going to rope you in because, you know, we just don't know how the Lord's going to use you. And I was roped in part of the missions policy and I was very excited. I went for one of the first trips to Indonesia. Who would have known that so many years later, I would have the chance, I would have the privilege of being the missions pastor. We don't know how things will be once we say yes to the Lord. It starts with something simple as just saying, Lord, I, I want to be a set-apart believer. I want to be a set-apart Christian. Every one of us, we are called to be set apart for the work of God. That is the priority. And the Lord knows, the Lord knows our needs. The Lord knows our struggles. He knows it all and He's saying, I choose you. I choose you. Will you choose Him? Will you today say, Lord, won't you, Lord, take a look at my hands? Won't you, Lord, take a look at all my heart that I have? I just want to give all that I have unto you. We're going to sing a very familiar song now. But I want to say, let's not sing it, let's pray it. Let's make this our dedication prayer. Let's just stand together with the worship team as they come. And let's be prayerful to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to be part of your end times ministry. Hallelujah.